Five o'clock in pirate country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Day Johnson, Working Man's Beach, Surf City, America. Back into Greenville and the Pirate Nation. Uh, PJ Show up and running for you here on this uh, Wednesday. Hump Day, all downhill from here. Uh, Patrick Johnson with you. Hey, Ben Byram is uh, producing the show today. Hey, Ben. Cast of dozens. How about that? Intern Chill. Intern Courtney. Not a sports fan. Not a sports fan. Well, the Pirates have pretty good jerseys, though. They have nice. You can make an easy decision. They have nice outfits, as my wife would say. All right. uh, (laughs) A little on-air hazing for the interns here, Ben. How about that? All right, uh, it's great to have you with us. Uh, it was ECU's first day of preseason camp. Uh, so you know what that means, don't you, Ben? Uh, we get to hear about rooms. I, I can't wait. I really can't <laughs> wait to hear about rooms. Always a lot it's, of fun. What has it been, about four or five months since we've heard about rooms? Oh, We know which one they're going to talk about. One specific I, I, room they love to talk I have, about. I have an idea about a room that's going to get asked about, and we're going to have an answer. Uh, we'll also hear from uh, Holton Ayler's local hero, Jaquan McMillan. They were part of the ESPN Plus AAC Media Day. Uh, we've got our guy Joe Giglio on. Boy, this is a wild, wild rumor, is it not, about uh, Florida State and Clemson, Clemson to the uh, SEC Southeastern Conference, or so everybody cheats, depending on your uh, your your brand of. Uh, cola that you like um so i so we'll get into some of that with Gilio coming up in a little bit talk to him a little earlier of course right now he's slaving away carrying that other guy on 99.9 the fan right and uh so we'll talk to our guy joe Gilio coming up uh in just a, a few minutes as well and uh i got some huge news today ben we got a pair Uh-oh. of carolina mudcats tickets to give away uh let's let's start there it's ecu night on Friday night at Five County Stadium in Zebulon. Everything's going to be draped in purple and gold. It's going to be a theme of the Pirates. It'll be a swashbuckling good time. Uh, you can get your tickets. First 800 through the gates, right? Get this really sharp, really good-looking, co-branded ECU Carolina Mudcats hat. It's purple and gold. I would pay for I got, that. It's well, listen, that. listen, guess what I heard today? I talked to, I talked to a, 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 a spy over there in the Mudcats organization. They're that they have pre-sold two thousand tickets. Wow! To the game on Friday. Better camp out overnight. You better get there early. We're gonna give you. We're gonna take some of this out of your hands because we're gonna get you a chance to win two tickets coming up, and all you have to do is be ready to dial at the end of the segment. Tomorrow. Tomorrow's the big day because, on talk of the town tomorrow morning, one zero three seven ninety six three. I'll be in again for McGee on sports, and Henry will. Uh, be there, of course, the Big Hen, and we're going to give away a four-pack 
uh, of tickets, box seats to the game, right? A parking pass free of charge. You get $40 in muddy money that you could use at the concession stand or in the team store. And you also guarantee yourself four of those co-branded hats. So that's that's tomorrow morning. Talk of the town, right? Coming up tomorrow on the Patrick Johnson Show, this just happened. Your chance to win that same package. It'll be the last chance to win tomorrow. Four box seats. You can also get a parking pass so your parking's taken care of. You roll up. You give them your name. They're going to put you in a nice space near the stadium. While all those people are waiting in line to get their hats, you already guaranteed your four hats. Once you go through the gates, after you get your tickets at Will Call, they're going to hand you your hats. They're going to give you $40 worth of muddy money to spend in the in the, uh, in the five-county stadium how you see fit, or food, or whatever. How about that? I'm planned out your Friday there. That's pretty big. Do is call in. That's uh, well, we're we're gonna a little more than that tomorrow. I think we're gonna make them earn it tomorrow. You know? Yeah, yeah, I don't think that's just a package you just give away. No, we'll give away a pair of tickets today, but we're gonna make you earn it tomorrow. Maybe a little gas prices, right? I will figure it out. Uh, one of the big uh, pieces of info from today, and we'll we'll go through some of this and have it for you, if not later this week, certainly next week. But obviously, Mike Oresco gave the State of the American Address uh, today. Uh, did you see the headline, Ben? AAC Commissioner Mike Oresco today vehemently denied that the conference ever okay, plotted. Okay, all right. That the sure. conference ever plotted I believe with, it. E- with ESPN to utter- undermine another conference by poaching at schools. I know he has to say it. But if there's any truth in that that sentence that was uttered, I'm going to be supremely disappointed because those conferences and those teams have been conspiring against the American for years now. And if you have a chance to kind of get back at them, even though you can't go on the record about it, don't you do that? Don't you do that? You do, don't you? a chance to leapfrog yourself into the uh, the power five I mean any chance you get to do that you take that opportunity I think in my personal opinion I think adding like a Baylor or, or a team similar of that stature would definitely get you into that conversation you're already on the outside looking in right now people are already kind of considering you now you can really make some moves to get you over the hump fired back at uh, Bob Bowlesby today the Big 12 commissioner, who will be known forever as the guy who let the Big 12 dissolve on his watch, right? So, that'll be that. Good luck getting hired elsewhere, buddy. No, they all look out for each other. It's (laughs) like the NBA and the NFL. They all recycle one another. By the way, there was another uh, announcement he made today, and I'm I'm feverishly going through my notes looking for it here. Uh, Bobby, bop. Basically, um, if a game is cost, if, if a game doesn't play because of COVID, it's a forfeit, right? Right, right. Big that's, talk that's how today. I, that's how I understand it, correct? Yep. It's a forfeit if you – so those are really the two big headlines out of the Oresco thing today. Th- those are the two big headlines. So, uh, Oresco denies colluding with uh, the worldwide leader to poach the Big 12. And if you are, uh, uh, if you are, uh, 
COVID, you know, contact traced or you have to have your roster, you have to forfeit the game. There's not going to be any makeups this year. It's not going to be any sort of uh, makeups this year. So those are the two big pieces of uh, business out of the Oresco. We did hear from all the coaches. Again, we'll go through all this. We'll have it for you. Uh, another big thing to announce, well, I'll just say tomorrow. You probably need to tune into the talk of the town. You know, we had our, our ECU season kickoff for IBX Media last Friday with Coach Houston. Uh, we've got a big announcement tomorrow as far as uh, some other programming this month comes. But we'll save that tomorrow for talk of the town. Uh, join us 7 to 9 there on a 103.7 WTIB and 96.3. Okay, we don't want to let time get away from us here. Let's let's go ahead and start uh, our Pirate Report. We'll have another version of it later in the show, but this is Mike Houston as the Pirates got out for the preseason camp day one. We heard from Coach after. Our microphones were there. Our video machines were there. We were rolling the tape today, Ben, uh, today. I'm a man of many talents. No picture-in-picture like AEW. This is old-school WCW where our our tape machines were rolling during the break. So this is is our Pirate Report. Mike Houston comments in three, two, hit it. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. We start off with Coach Houston's reaction, his reacts to day one of training camp. Good enthusiasm, uh, good effort from the kids. Uh, had a lot of the first day stuff. Uh, I told uh, the players that you know the, the thing that's just so glaring right now is you you have those young guys from last year that got a lot of experience. Okay, now you know they look it. You know they're not as bright eyed out there, and you have the the new guys or the young guys are just coming in, and they're like a deer in a headlight out there today. So uh, it's just uh, it's refreshing to have. Uh, the experience coming back that we do have uh, from the guys that played so much last year. So uh, day one's in the books. Uh, get a, uh, some meetings in this afternoon, walk through tonight, and get ready to go tomorrow morning. There you go. Transfers uh, coming in. Coach was asked about that. Well, I mean, I, th- I think that some of them are going to help us. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, some there's still some unknown about. Uh, the guys that were with us in the spring is a little bit more known. But, uh, I mean, you're sitting here. Day one in helmets. I mean, I don't know how much I can tell about uh, some of the kids just yet. You know, ask me ask me that question here in about two weeks. There you go. And uh, the biggest improvements. Who has shown some gains, Coach Houston? Bigger, faster, stronger. We're in better shape. We look a heck of a lot better. Um, I think uh, continued mental progression as far as just uh, some 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 mental discipline, mental toughness, uh, camaraderie. Uh, I think those are the biggest things. And it just comes from, you know, having a couple of months, uh, you know, of training together. PJ, show for you on a Wednesday. It's our Pirate Report. Mike Houston addressing the throng of media following uh, the first preseason practice for ECU. This was uh, Coach Houston talking about uh, the desire to be crisper against App State in Game 1 compared to the how, uh, how the Pirates performed against UCF in game one last year during the shortened COVID season. When you look at a year ago, it's just, you just want to be so much crisper in game one. You know, uh, a year ago in game one, I thought we played really, really hard. I thought we were really, really sloppy. Uh, And, you know, against a team like UCF, you couldn't do that. So I think, uh, you know, with some of the guys that have experience coming back, I just want to see a much, much crisper execution as we get on into the padded days and get into, you know, week two of practice and all that stuff as compared to where we were a year ago. 
And a way to do that will be to build on last season's finish. Um, you know, as far as program overall, it's just like we talked about in the offseason. Really just want to build on the way we finished the season last year. Uh, I thought we were playing very well at the end of the year. I thought we were playing with great physicality. Uh, I, I really loved the way we were playing defensively at the end of last year. So I uh, just wanted to build on that going into the, going into the season. Now, some of these things you can kind of play a drinking game with, and obviously we don't want you to do that if you're driving. I mean, that'd be stupid, right? Might spill in your lap. No, I'm kidding. Don't do it at all. Bad business. But if you had a bingo card on a, on a you know, for entertainment drinking game, if you will, right? You're about to have to take a drink because we're going to hear a question or an answer in response to the question about the running back room. Drink! And it's something I'm going to talk to the kids about this afternoon. When we had our first practice last year, I think Rajay was our fourth team tailback and Keaton was our fifth team tailback. Uh, and now, and look what a difference a year makes. Uh, you know, so I think in that room, it doesn't really matter where they are today. What it matters is where they are when we get ready to play on September 2nd. And, uh, you, know, I think, you know, I think all of us know who number one and number two are, or number one and co-number one uh, is kind of the way we see it. Uh, we got to figure out first is who's that next back. You know, uh, is it uh, is it a, a an older guy like Maceo? Uh, is it a young guy like you know Pop or Jamani? You know, who is it? So uh, you know, the thing is, they'll they'll figure that out. You know, nobody can say around here that you don't. The kids don't determine the depth chart because uh, you know they do it by their play on the field. Ben, do you have a favorite room in your house? Uh, like I like the bathroom. Who doesn't like the bathroom? I feel like you can't go wrong there. Well, it's useful, right? You you get a lot of use out of it. You get a lot of mileage out of it, presumably. Kitchen. You know, kitchen's pretty good. No, kitchen's a good room. Kitchen's a good... You know, I always like to have a good office in the house. That's, you know, kind of my, my retreat. You know, don't really have a place anywhere I've ever been that you could have the true man cave, you know, I mean, I work in radio for crying out loud. So you can't have, but, but I, I do aspire eventually when I move to the country where I have no neighbors for miles around. We don't make man cave ha- money right now. No, but I, to have, you know, kind of a, a an off building that I could kind of be a quasi man cave workshop, maybe put my office. You know what I'm talking about? The garage. But, well, yeah, but I mean, like a detached kind of garage, you know, that's not a garage. It's more of the, anyway. Um, but, you know, if we're talking football, I think my favorite room is the offensive line room. Let's hear about that right now in our Pirate Report. What you're trying to do is get your best lineup on the field and fit guys. We have the luxury for the first time since I've been here of, you know, you have two pretty solid groups of offensive linemen. So you're trying to fit, you know, who fits where based on their abilities the best. And it's not just, you know, let's just get five guys on the field that can, you know, hopefully function. Uh, you know, Avery, very intelligent, very athletic, runs really, really well. Um, you know, he could be a really, really good center in this league. Uh, Fernando, Fernando can play center. Fernando can be really a guard in this league. So you really, you're, you're just trying to figure out where they function best. Uh, same thing with Nashad, same thing with Trent. Uh, you know, a lot of those guys that have some flexibility positionally, you're just trying to figure out where they where they fit best and get our best lineup in the next, you know, three or four guys uh, ready. 
And the AAC preseason poll came out today. Of course, Cincinnati was picked to win the league. The Pirates and the Naval Academy were both selected eighth in the preseason poll. This is Mike Houston's response to that. Doesn't matter what the preseason poll says. It matters what the postseason poll says. You know, last time I checked, that's the most important one. But uh, I do think Cincinnati is, until somebody knocks them off, uh, you know, they're the, they're the best team in the league. You know, they won the league championship last year. I thought they were the best team we played last year. Uh, so, uh, you know, certainly they're, they're the, the, the preseason favorite. Uh, but this is a tough league. This, is, this league has a lot of depth. Um, you know, you, you never know week in and week out. You know, it's going to be – you're going to – I like our chances in every game we play. But it's going to be a freaking dogfight every week. Let's move ahead to 10 here because uh, on that same note, players getting preseason award list acclaim. This is uh, Mike Houston discussing that. To a degree, you say it absolutely means nothing because all I think it is is maybe a little bit of a distraction maybe because uh, the last thing Roger Harris can do is start thinking he's arrived because if he does, then you know, he's going to look up and he's going to be watching somebody else play. Uh, so I think it's important for, for our guys to keep their edge and not, not read that stuff too much. Uh, that being said, in 2019, I don't think we had a preseason anything. So it's good to have uh, you know, guys on your roster that uh, you know, have the ability to be on those lists. If you want a short Mike Houston answer to a question, ask the team, ask him about the team's health status. Here we go. We don't, we don't have anything major. Um, you know, we got one, one kid with a hamstring, one with an ankle, uh, but nothing that's going to hold him out more than just a couple of days. So we're pretty healthy right now. And we wrap things up. Uh, how did this room get knocked all the way to the bottom question, Ben? The quarterback room. Quarterbacks in training camp. Here's Coach Houston. Well, QB1 had a good day. So, uh, I mean, but he's, God, he's almost as old as I am now. That's what I told him. So I said, you know, you, the savvy the savvy vet out there. So, uh, and then the, the young pups. I mean, I, like I was talking to Mason during stretch. I was like, you know, last year at this time, you were inside having some kind of a, you know, a nervous breakdown or something or another because you just, you know, eyes that big kind of deal. You know, he was one of those freshmen last year. Uh, Stubberfield was too. But uh, now all of a sudden you got Flynn, you got Stubby, you got Mason, that they all have that experience. Uh, and so at least they don't look like that nervous freshman in his first college practice. You know, you look at, you look at Walter, I mean, a kid with a ton of ability, and, you know, he's, he's just still trying to learn how to function out there. So um, I think fine for day one. Uh, until, until we ha- start having a few more live bullets, I wouldn't put too much into it, you know. A little stubble field reference. I think uh, CJ the Pirate, he got he kind of grinned on that one, didn't he? Somewhere out there he's playing poker and really proud that he mentioned stubble field. <laughs> Would that be like a, a game night with the guys, or is that more like, you know, like an online deal? Doesn't matter for CJ. He's a gotcha. big poker guy. Gotcha. Okay. But you put his business in the streets. That is today's <laughs> Pirate Report. Uh, we'll have more from Holt Nailers and Jaquan McMillan via ESPN Plus's AAC Virtual Media Day coming up. Joe Giglio on the other side. But before we go to break, uh, I, look, we told you this a few minutes ago. ECU night at the Carolina Mudcats coming up Friday, Five County Stadium. Looks like the weather's going to break and things are going to be okay. So uh, they have pre-sold 2,000 tickets for the game on uh, Friday night. That means uh, you got to get your ducats 
we've got a chance for you to get a pair of them so you can get in line and be one of the first 800 through the gates to get the uh, co-branded hat. Uh, we'll do caller what, Ben? Three? Let's do that. Caller three at 252-561-GAME. 252-561-4263. A pair of tickets will be yours free of charge just for calling in uh, and uh, winning them to go to uh, ECU night at the Carolina Mudcats five-county stadium on Friday. Uh, a break. We'll come back, and uh, our guy Joe Giglio will be uh, with us from 99.9 The Fan. I had a chance to catch up with him earlier today. Our Clemson and Free Shoes University headed for the SEC. Joe's take on this next. And... Pirates. Boy, there. Panthers. Good, baby. Very good. The P-Man. Uh, but it's pants. This is Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Every Monday during the ECU baseball season, tune in as Pirate Coach Cliff Godwin talks East Carolina baseball. Brought to you by Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center and the Gavigan Agency. With Patrick Johnson on your home for Pirate Baseball. I fly ball to left, to the track, to the wall. He cannot get it. 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. Now back to the Patrick Johnson Show. Some more college football talk and Joe Giglio, big star on 99.9 The Fan in Raleigh, also WRELsportsfan.com. Earlier in the day, I spoke with him. Hey, Joe, how are you? I am great, Patrick. Anytime I talk to you, I'm always better. You're very uh, flattering uh, with everything that you, you say, so tell me more. No, let me ask you this, uh, Joe. Uh so the big story uh, the last couple of weeks as far as college athletics goes has been uh, Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC. And now all of a sudden, the Twitter sphere is ripe with rumor of the possibility of the ACC getting two of its uh, football members, big-time football members, stripped from its membership, and they're going to head to the So Everybody Cheats. Uh, not the case? or What do you guys know? Yeah, not even close to being the case. Um, <laughs> doesn't mean it can't happen eventually, but with 15 years left on the ACC's grant of rights, nobody's coming or going from the ACC uh, for a little while. That's the end of the uh, period, by the way, just in case you didn't well, so know. What, what are you – I thought it was a fire <laughs> driller. Where, where are you as we speak to you here uh, right now? I, I'm at NC State's practice, okay. which uh, is – they opened up for about uh, – well, it's about 45 minutes this morning. We got a, we got a nice long look. Uh, kind of feels normal. And okay. now we won't see them again till the opener, of course. But, right, uh, of course. Always good to come out and press the flush a little bit. All right, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question about uh, NC State here in a moment and Dave Doran and, and get to that with you. But let me – let's kind of continue on this, this chat here. By the way, the great Joe Giglio, 99.9 The Fan, hosts the afternoon show, also uh, WRELsportsfan.com formerly of the NNO, uh, but he's been gone from there for so long now. We don't even have to say that anymore. Uh, Joe is with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. All right, so how do you foresee this move of, of Oklahoma and Texas impacting the SEC from a competitive standpoint? Well, I think it only makes them better, right? And then I think someone's probably going to win the lottery who's in the West right now because you figure they put Texas and Oklahoma in the West together. 
so you figure someone probably wins the lottery and gets moved from the west to the east and moved away from Alabama and those and Oklahoma. I, I certainly wouldn't want to play Oklahoma and Alabama on an annual basis. No. Um, not <laughs> when it wasn't the playoff, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> but, no, I mean, the SEC is the best conference. This makes them better. And I think Greg Sankey, when he was on a four-person committee to expand the college football playoff, understood all of this. And the, the amount of money that this will add to their coffers will obviously – help them surpass the Big Ten because remember Patrick they 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 were behind the Big Ten in annual revenue so uh this helps their cause but I don't I don't know if the dominoes fall the way that some people are predicting I just you know we have this concept of super conferences and all this other stuff and that might be the case I I just I don't foresee a time where Alabama doesn't want to play a Sunbelt team, doesn't want to play one double-A team, which they do now. Um, I, I just don't think we'll, we'll see that type of scheduling. I could be wrong in the next, you know, five to ten years. I could be. Um, but I still think it, well, you'll it, you'll see some of that. I, I think the move for the Super Conference now is more to get multiple bids. Yeah. In, I mean, which they in, already were. Right. They, but, they already won. Yeah, this, though – solidifies your multiple bid. So what does the ACC do in reaction to this, if anything? Yeah, the only thing you can do is try to figure out a way to get Notre Dame to join the league. And on that same subcommittee with Greg Sankey was Jack Swarbrick, who decided, yeah, you know, it would be great if we expand the college football playoff and Notre Dame could get in at 10-2 and two or, or maybe even possibly 9-3 and three, instead of having to go unbeaten or go 11-1. and one. Um, I, I, Look, we should be all have our eyes wide open about what happened on that subcommittee and, and where the direction of college football is going. Um, but if you're the ACC, how can you squeeze Notre Dame? I think every conference has tried. <laughs> and as the Big East learned, it doesn't matter if you let their other sports participate in your conference. They don't really care. Uh, they only care about Notre Dame. And even last year when – Notre Dame needed the ACC, and they let them compete in the ACC. It was kind of like, great, thanks, appreciate it, but uh, here's your tip on the nightstand, and uh, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you somewhere down. Don't call, don't call us; we'll call you. Exactly. So it's interesting you bring that up, Joe, because the timing seemed right for all of this in a way. Sankey knows that uh, Oklahoma and Texas are likely on the way. Uh, He's all of a sudden for the expansion of the playoff. Same thing with uh, Notre Dame's AD. Uh, You have Swafford stepping out. You have Jim Phillips who, uh, you know, in other words, the ACC didn't have a seat at that table. The timing on that kind of worked out. Uh, Boy, the the cosmos really lined up, did it not? Yeah, and if you're the ACC, I I think the mistake a lot of people make is, oh, how can they uh, keep up? It's like, no, they, they need to catch up. Uh, and they already were in a in a lagging position. They're last, even behind the Big 12, in annual revenue. Uh, and then in terms of uh, per-conference payout, they're fourth. So, you know, out of the Power Five uh, conferences. So, the ACC is already behind. And, and, you know, I've talked about, a lot about this on the show, and that is it's the composition of the ACC that's the problem. They have, they have too many smaller schools. They have too many schools like a Pittsburgh that are in major sports markets but don't necessarily care about the college Well, sports. now, wait a minute, Joe. Um, All we've heard here in little old Greenville is those TV markets really matter. I know. 
and and I and I even said on my show this week that I and I've said this even before all this. I, West Virginia and ECU are two schools that truly care about football, and I think the more you have schools like that, the better off you're going to be. Of course, the ACC some uh, knows that West Virginia in particular because of academics, and it's kind of like. Well, now you added Louisville. I mean, what, what are we really talking about here? What is, but, but, but honestly, what, is, what does like, being on your academic high horse actually get you? Um, you know, I think well, one thing the pandemic yeah. has kind of laid bare for everybody is college. Anyone who didn't know it before or wasn't, didn't want to acknowledge it before is a college sport is, um, is, a, is big business. And without college sports, colleges themselves will, will struggle. Uh, and, and we could, you could be like, oh yeah, but I want, I really want to get that bi- biology degree. I really want to get my geography degree. Yeah, <laughs> right. maybe, maybe. Yeah. I, and I'm not trying to diminish the value of college as someone who went and made connections and, and was able to make a career because of where they went to school. But it's like, we have to stop acting like, you know, there, there's $12 in the pot and we're just passing it around to make sure that these kids have an opportunity to play. And that, that's not what this is. Well, as the mayor of the ACC West Durham said last year with us on the show, uh, they're no longer play- playing for the letter on the jacket anymore. Uh, so no. that's that's uh, no. that's that that horse has left the barn. Okay, a couple quick things here. Uh, we got Joe Gillio, ninety-nine nine the fan afternoon host there, also WRAL sportsfan.com, a tremendous friend of our show. Let me ask you, uh, where do you see the American inevitably? How does how do things shake out for the American in ECU? I, I hope. West Virginia, TCU, and Baylor end up in the American. And I hope, you know, I don't see the Big 12 being able to exist without Texas and Oklahoma. I don't think they'll be able to negotiate a media deal without Texas and Oklahoma. There's no one they could potentially add to make them viable. And then they kind of went nuclear on ESPN, which is a, <laughs> obviously a, a last option. You, you don't go nuclear on ESPN, um, which they did. And now, I, honestly, I, I – if you tell me West Virginia, again, those, those schools end up in the American, I would say yes. And that would make sense to me. Um, and, and that would be – and it already is a good football conference. It would be an even better football conference. Yeah. And, and look, no, the, the, the dream that the ACC is interested in West Virginia, no. No, they're not. Not at all. Not and at that's all. Not, that's not a knock on – that's not my personal knock on West Virginia. No, it's no. The financial reality of – Right. The same right. with ECU. It's the financial reality of how do you how do you increase a conference's bottom line? Because again, the mistake people will make is, oh, but you could just get rid of uh, Boston College. You can get just get rid of Pittsburgh. No, you can't. Uh, that's not Tr- how it works. Trust me, if they could, if they could, <laughs> they would have. All right. Uh, yeah. yeah. So the Wolfpack are. Uh, I, I have to imagine it's an interesting time in Dave Doran's world, uh, Joe, because. Okay. You got Mac, who's moved back. He's universally loved, especially by high school football coaches in this state. Uh, I think Mike Houston is about to get this thing turned the corner, and he seems to be pretty popular with high school football coaches in this state because he was one of them not that long ago. So he's got a pretty good reputation with a lot of coaches, particularly out in the western part of the state. Dave Doran, at least the high school football coaches I talked to, it was more the NC State thing than they had a great relationship with Dave, but I understand he's been making some effort to try to change that according to some, some people that know him. I mean, this is a team that will return 19 starters this year. I mean, is this a big year for Dave Dorn, not just on the 
on the field wins and losses front, but also maybe doing a little bit of PR behind the scenes to kind of improve the relationship with, with Mac, who, I mean, is the quintessential, as I always called him, the Cadillac man. I mean, he's the, he's yeah. the quintessential used car salesman. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, Dave Doran and Mac Brown have the same agent. And I remember actually after UNC lost to ECU, uh, Larry Fedora, under Larry Fedora, and their, their, Jason uh, Jordan Brazant, their agent, said to me, what do you think about Mac going at UNC? And I was like, well, why would you want to do that to Dave? And he goes, well, what do you mean? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you'll, you'll see. <laughs> uh, you'll see. Yeah. Um, so uh, those are prophetic words by me. Um, look, I think NC State has done a – I think Dave Doran has done a really good job of recruiting in the triangle. Um, he's gotten some players that the other schools have wanted, and he's kind of marketed himself now as somebody who can develop NFL talent, and that's what that's what recruits want to see. Uh, is Dave going to beat Mac in any kind of popularity contest? No. Um, he needs to figure out how to beat him on the field, though. Uh, and last year they played him after Devin Larry got hurt, and they were completely outclassed by Carolina. Um, they, they need to figure out a way to – when they play them, uh, get their chances and, and, and prove it that way. Because you're not going to beat Carolina in, in, in any other way. Um, that's, just, that's just the reality of, of, of how the world works or how this area works. Um, but, I, you know, I think if you're Dave, and this is year nine, which is crazy to think, um, they, have all, they have pretty much have their whole team back. I mean, it's crazy how many guys. I, I've never been out here and been like, oh, yeah, that guy started last year. Oh, yeah. You know, they lost two guys, basically. They lost a tight end, Kerry Angeline, and they lost um, Aline McNeil, a starting nose tackle. But, you know, they kind of have some of those running around, too. It's just such a weird year with the, the extra years of eligibility, Patrick. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure ECU is going to have a couple guys out there. You're like, ah, shouldn't you be gone by now? Oh, no, you got an extra year. You know, there's going to be a lot of those when you when you see some teams, Wake Forest and some of these other schools, um, who've retained some players that you probably would not expect to still be in college. So, and, and even more so down the line, because remember they didn't just give the senior class the, the COVID eligible and they gave everybody an right, extra year, right. a, a free year of eligibility. Yeah. So this is a, one of those decisions by the NCAA that they didn't really think about. Um, and they're probably going to regret. So just add it to the list of things that the NCAA does. Joe Giglio, 99.9 The Fan, WRELsportsfan.com. Great to catch up with you. We'll talk to you soon. You're the best, Patrick. Appreciate you so much for having me on. Always a pleasure to have Joe Giglio on. Um, Wolfpack draw both the U and UNC out of the Coastal. They got to go to Miami, and then, of course, the Friday after Thanksgiving, they play the holes. Um, You know, and look. After their initial, they get Clemson early for what that's worth. But I mean, that puts them in a chase mode pretty early, don't you think, Ben? I think that's something that can derail a team's confidence pretty early. Can set them off. Track. I think that happened to State a few years ago, didn't it? They they you know kind of got off track at. But anyway, look, they could they could be as talented as UNC, but their schedule is considerably tougher. And they're obviously in the Atlantic, so that's that's the deal there. But look, Dave Doran, Mr. Personality all of a sudden. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? Uh, and, and I've already gotten some response. People are teed off about Joe saying ECU doesn't add anything. If you're the ACC and it's a, it's a 
money game at this point? I mean, you have the state of North Carolina locked up, right? You have Tidewater, Virginia locked up because the schools you have in the conference are, you know, cover those areas as far as fan base go. So I kind of get where he's coming from there. I don't know if I 100% agree with him. But, I mean, the thing we heard during all this expansion and this nonsense was, well, it's got to be TV markets. And I, and I, I said this even way back then. And look, I've lived it being in Orlando. Now, it's a little different now, but I mean, UCF might draw 50,000 people to that erector set stadium like ECU does in the heyday to Dowdy Ficklin. But those are the 50,000 probably out of 75, 100,000 people that are truly interested, you know, in a, in a media market of two and a half, three million people. Where, you know, VCU... You know, that 100,000 is probably, you know, a much greater percentage that would be interested in the ins and outs of ECU compared to, you know, the market size of that guy. I, I just think, Ben, you're, you, as we have chronicled on here, love combat sports, right? That is correct. UCF was, or UFC, excuse me, was as a TV product in the last year, considerably better when they were in venues where they had fans. Oh, yeah. Even limited numbers. Uh, Pro wrestling, to invoke that, if I will, because that's an entertainment product where people have to place the money to buy a ticket, right? Right. The ratings for AEW, all petite wrestling, uh, are better in the last month than they were at any point during the pandemic because there's live, I think it's because there are live fans there. People want to watch something that's exciting. Um, same thing with the WWE. The, the WWE product's hideous, but it's better because there were there have been fans and they've they you know they're stacking up for an event later on in the summer, so they're rolling out all the big names. But you get what I'm saying, Ben? No, it makes sense. It's infinitely more interesting. I think inherently as a television consumer, if so, in other words, if ECU's good fans are showing up, to me that's a much more appealing product than Boston College and Pitt and Syracuse could ever be. Would you have been as excited for the Super Bowl, let's say the national championship, and no fans were there? No, you wouldn't I have. Think, yeah, it, well, I I think those are the exceptions because of the magnitude of the game. But I mean, look at the look at the NBA Finals. Uh, when they played that thing down in the bubble. I mean, th- those ratings were, were terrible. But, you know, a lot of that, too, had to do with the political stuff that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. I think part of that also had to deal with the Heat made it to the finals. and uh, that was, Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's I mean, the team that probably But then look at this it. year. Were either one of these teams marquee teams? No. But the ratings were better. Yeah. So. Um, all right, we've jabbered on long enough here here's ben with an update and then we will uh, come back and have a, a bonus pirate report for you today here from holton aylers uh that coming up after uh, this from ben on the pj show thanks pastor ben barm here if you're 94 through the game sports update at the wrapping of the first practice of preseason camp pirate head football coach mike houston was asked about the news dominating the college football headlines here's his thoughts on the situation with the big 12 well, I just think there's a lot of unknown. Um, I don't think anybody really knows what the impact of that movement's going to be. 
I think it may be a couple of years before we know. Um, I do think it will impact the American Conference. I think it will impact East Carolina University. Um, I hope that it's for the positive. Uh, but there's no mistake that uh, you know when you have you know two programs of that caliber uh, making the move that they made, uh, you're going to see some major shuffling around uh, nationally. So um, you know the next couple of years are going to be interesting. Uh, each institution, I'm sure, is going to try to do what they need to do to put their 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 own programs in the best situation possible. Meanwhile, in the American Commissioner Mike Oresco has openly de- denied any rumors about any collusion to cherry pick teams. From the Big 12, elsewhere in college football, conference realignment continues to be a running theme. As reportedly, Clemson and Florida State have reached out to the SEC about joining the conference. Louisiana Tech and Louisiana have inquired about joining the Big 12. Kansas to the Big 10 is imminent, and West Virginia is looking into joining the ACC. From the NFL, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers signed defensive coordinator Todd Bowles to a three-year extension that makes him the highest-paid defensive coordinator in the NFL. Former Pro Bowl linebacker Quan Alexander agrees to re-sign of New Orleans on a one-year deal worth up to $3 million. And from the NBA, Kimball Walker gets his contract bought out by Oklahoma City and will join the New York Knicks as their new point guard, Victor Aladipo. Agrees to stay one more year with Miami, joining new point guard Kyle Lowry in the backcourt. Four, John Collins agrees to a five-year, $125 million deal with the Hawks. And the Pelicans decide to hire former head coach Mike D'Antoni as a consultant. That's going to do it for your 94 through the game sports update. I've been Byron. Breaking. This just in. Breaking news. This is a special report on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Here's Patrick Johnson. So a bill to legalize sports betting in North Carolina has gotten approval in a Senate committee meeting. Uh, This just uh, coming across the wire about 10 minutes ago. A bill to legalize sports betting in North Carolina got approval from its first Senate committee Wednesday. Oh, gosh. As as new analysis called into question how much money the proposal would actually generate for the state. Don't you love it, these capital report weenies? Like, if there's anything that could be, like, remotely fun, they always have to, especially the dorks in Raleigh. Oh, my God. Earlier this year, a bipartisan group of legislators proposed a plan to regulate and tax sports gambling, noting that it's already happening anyway. I've been surprised about the ability of anyone to log on and place a bet today. Senator Jim Perry, who, of course, we know Senator Perry from Lenore County, one of the lead sponsors of the bill, said, Perry continued, I don't think we should ignore that. It is a fact that does exist today, so I think we're choosing to regulate it rather than ignore it. As the bill stands, according to the article, it would allow for bets to be placed on professional, collegiate, amateur, and electronic sports. Between 10 and 12 licenses would be granted to companies to operate. There would be an 8% tax on adjusted gross revenue. Uh, The bill was first filed by Senator Paul Lowe, Democrat from Forsyth County, and he and the other bill sponsors projected it would generate $50 million in revenue annually for North Carolina. Half the revenue would go to fund, uh, go to a new fund to promote major events, while Lowe wants the other half to go to education. Here's the uh, part with the new analysis part. But a new analysis released Wednesday by nonpartisan legislative staff estimates the bill would generate 8 to $24 million in tax revenue annually for the state. 
Ben, if if this were to pass and it only generates eight million dollars in additional revenue for the state rather than twenty four or even closer to fifty, that sounds a little fishy. Somebody's taking some money. All right, if it's eight million, that's general. I'll do this. I'll do an entire show standing on my head. Okay, <laughs> I'll take you up on that offer. There, there is no way in blue hell it would only generate eight million dollars. They're uh, messing around with the books there. I don't see it either. It's, it well, I mean, it's just, way it, more it, than that. It goes back to, you know, the, there's certain people in government that report on government that just don't want certain things to, to pay. But they're all hopped up over the damn marijuana bill, aren't they? Everybody's got an opinion. Even if you're a reporter, they're going to be a little biased. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, how am – I, am I raw? I mean, am I in a sports bubble? See, I think – this would be enormous. Oh, it would be huge. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to go into details, but I have a few friends that, you know, they, they've been looking into it, and it's something they're interested in, and they're young guys. I mean, these are guys that are 20-something-year-old. They're not old guys sitting in the casino or whatever. I mean, this is something that can appeal to all ages, except if you're, I don't know, a young kid or anything. But And it well, makes this sports is the, all the more interesting. This is the thing. That makes sports interesting for guys in your generation. Yeah. That, I mean, really, that, that's what it is. And, I mean, we acknowledge it when, when we give, you know, updates or we're previewing games. We give lines. That seems like a small thing. But that's where this thing's going. And, I mean, that we're doing that in, in anticipation that it's going to be the law of, of North Carolina at some point. As big of a fan as I am of, with boxing and MMA, if you think if you think they implemented betting in the state that I'm not going to bet, you're crazy. I, I I would jump on that in a heartbeat. That would be so much fun. So I think anybody would. And I mean, we didn't do it because you know we have access to a mountain house, but that house on my wife's side of the family is uh, since going to be placed on the market, not to put their business in the street, but. Like you were doing CJ earlier. <laughs> but, I mean, that was in about a 30-minute proximity to uh, Cherokee. And when we were there last summer, they were at Cherokee. They were already taking a, a space in the casino and getting it prepared for what was going to be the sports book. Now, we didn't get a chance to go this year. and We're talking about maybe, you know, at a later time, making kind of a special trip up to the mountains because there's some spots we like up there, but I mean, we're going to go to the we're going to go to Cherokee in the casino for a night or two, you know, when we wherever we take this trip. And you know, I've talked to the people up there. It just logistically, it would be a little tough for us with all our responsibilities here, but it would totally make sense for us to look at going up there and, and working something out with Cherokee to sell packages or try to get you know. Because they, they want to have people in their casino and their hotel for the Super Bowl. Not everybody can afford to go to Vegas or, or wherever. I think the doubters and the retractors, their big problem is they're not they're not approaching the argument necessarily the right way. I think a, a, a good counter argument would be like, how would you make this? How, how would you make it to where people are doing this responsibly? It's not becoming a problem. It's not affecting people's lives to a certain aspect where right. they're throwing well, everything away. Look, you. People live with choices. You, you, that's the great thing about... Last I checked, that's the great thing about this country. You get to make choices on things, right? 
That's correct. Now, there's there's some that probably don't want us to make choices on things, but you know what I'm saying. And, I mean, you can't control everybody and assume everybody's going to do something responsible. There's going to be somebody that's going to do something despite the pratfalls, that's going to overindulge despite the consequences. So I, this, this would fall in uh, to that. Uh, I did want to get a couple of things in here from the players. So some of this we'll have to get to tomorrow. There aren't real long, uh, but the players spoke today in the virtual media day for the AAC for ECU. Holt Naylor's was one of them. Jaquan McMillan was the other. Let's uh, let's get Holton to talk about the uh, NIL. Uh, let's play that really quick here. Cut two. Yeah, it's cool. Um, I mean, it's, it's a definitely a good plus. Um, you know, I mean, anytime you can do that and benefit from it, you can. But, I mean, the main focus is still the main thing, and that's football and, and getting to a bowl game here, and that's what we're focused on. And this was Jaqu- Jaquan McMillan on the uh, name, image, and likeness. Yeah, I agree with Houghton. Uh, I think it's a great thing. Uh, obviously, it's history. Uh, it's a good way that uh, student athletes can uh, make money off their, their name and likeness. And, uh, but like he said, the number one rule is the team, and we, got, we all have one goal. There you go. I mean, I know there's some other guys who've gotten – some stuff, but I mean, there's people in, in other teams and other they're racking up right now. There was a guy in Cincinnati I never heard of, and he said he was just getting NIL deals because his name was Sauce. And people just ran away with the marketing opportunities for a guy that's named Sauce. I mean, I've seen some ACC guys get deals with Bojangles and that kind of thing, but you know, I mean, and Holton's got his own brand, his own deal. He's got some other deals that he's been cooking. I think a lot of them are kind of intermingled here. He's a barstool so athlete. That's probably his most lucrative situation, I'd have to guess, because the other things he signed with, I, I know for a fact, aren't terribly lucrative. Yeah, I believe McMillan's uh, also a barstool athlete. So, I mean, if you're if you're doing that, you're probably getting a chance to make a little bit of money. If you're aligned with a legitimate business like Bojangles or something like that, you're probably getting a chance to make a little bit of money. I mean, it's interesting. These are interesting times because, you know, where does the athlete's responsibility to their own brand end and begin when compared to, you know, media obligations for the team or obligations for the team? I mean, it's pretty interesting. Uh, more on that. Hey, thanks to Joe Giglio. Thanks to our crew. They worked really hard to put together all the sound today. We'll have more tomorrow with Coach Houston, more from the players. Uh, on the Thursday edition of the Patrick Johnson Show, your chance to win a four-pack of tickets and four hats guaranteed to EC United Five County Stadium Friday.